Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This week on Dr. Drew After Dark. So eventually I had the idea to just jerk off and uh, I did. <laughs> it solves every problem, gentlemen, doesn't and, it? Uh, the first day of set on Jackass, I saw all kinds of liquids come out of different holes. You know, when I'm tripping on mushrooms, I want Roseanne to be there. Those are good. They yeah. might be natural. They might help people. Yeah. Welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey, welcome everybody to Dr. After Dark. Today, my guest is Rachel Wolfson. She is an Austin-based stand-up. She is, of course, known from uh, Jackass, where I, th- I think you're the... F- First female part? Yeah. I am. Yes. Yeah. I, I've been involved with those guys from the beginning in one way or another. Not, that makes sense. Not necessarily uh, from a performance mm-hmm. or an entertainment standpoint. There was a lot of other issues going on. A lot of uh, doctors are involved. A lot of ass. doctors involved. <laughs> uh, and I've, uh, let me just say, she. you can find her New York Comedy Festival on November 5th, uh, Agua Caliente in Palm Springs, November 17th. And uh, Wolfie DMs live show on December 29th. And her Instagram, Wolfie DMs, right? W-O-L-F-I-E. And Rachel Wolfson. And Rachel Wolfson. Yeah, yeah both of them. And mm-hmm. it's, it's two different Instagrams? Two different, just, yeah. You know, interesting. Mm-hmm. And so you just shit on guys that come after you because of your new public life? Well, no, I keep it anonymous to uh, not taint the integrity of the DMs. Mm. So it's more of um, humbling and making fun of myself, not necessarily you know, calling them out. Isn't it odd though? Don't you find it weird that, uh, so you go on this, you go on Jackass and all of a sudden all these people show up at your Instagram. Isn't that weird? Unfortunately, they were there before, but it's same more guys? in volume. No, I mean, volume is up. Volume same is, kind of guys. Yes. Volume And up. women, surprisingly. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah Equal opportunity. It it's good. Is there any sort of particular character to these guys? You, you sort of, you've, you've identified them as sort of a population that you recognize. The character would be horny. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much all young yeah. males. So is that? <laughs> is there anything more we can distinguish? Horny, them? Disturbed. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Um, Why do you think you attract those guys? I'm a magnet for it. Maybe a game recognizes game. I don't know. <laughs> is that is that uh, your? <laughs> do is that something that you actually attract in your personal life? Um, horny, disturbed men. That's just men. Um, but but the, but the disturbed <laughs> part is is really I'm sort of. You know, it's varied. Like I, I think in my twenties, I might have attracted a different type of man. Now that I'm in my thirties, I kind of uh, want something different. So, um, I, I want to think that I'm in a much healthier place in my dating decisions. Have you sure. done something to get there, or therapy? You've done therapy. Oh yeah, since I was a kid. But um, good for you. Yeah. Is there some reason that was necessary early on? Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I struggled with mental health from a very young age. I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was five. Mm. Um, also, opposition, oppositional defiant disorder. Mm, you're d- destined for jackass. All of that uh, executive functioning as I got older. 
I was misdiagnosed bipolar and it turned into actually um, borderline personality disorder. Do you have borderline? Is that I do. Yeah, so that happens a lot where a borderline gets misdiagnosed as bipolar because of borderline mood instability, mm-hmm. right? That's, and so have you had what's called dialectical behavioral therapy? I do DBT. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the process of actually doing intense outpatient therapy for it because I have never completed a DBT program and I really just want to, you know, get as much as I can, um, as quickly as so, I can. So good for you. Thank you. Congratulations. Do you want to share with people what that means, the DBT? Because it's people that they, they hear these terms, but it's particularly, I think, I think just about everybody these days can benefit. The Palestinians and the Israelis can benefit from some DBT. We could all, yeah. we could all use some talk therapy. Well, but this particularly, so, so tell them what DBT is. Um, dialectical behavior therapy, to me, what it means is, um, I experience emotional dysregulation. So DBT provides tools and skills um, to help with the dysregulation. Right, so, and, and there's a piece of the dysregulation. Get everybody's dysregulated these days, but borderline something happens to them when they get dysregulated. They, they yeah. talk to you about that. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, I don't know in particular. I'm still learning about it because yeah. as someone who has borderline, I find to be reading about it could be very triggering yes just because it comes with a bad rep it gets negative yeah Mm -hmm. it goes negative i i just you know i um for whatever reason i do very well with borderline patients i I just i I feel bad for them a lot because they suffer more than anybody you know yeah and uh and i'm sure you're aware borderlands can drive some people crazy right yeah they just they can't they can't be around it because of the projective identification are you familiar with that whole thing um i know that i struggle with identity um this so in unstable identity. So I have a question for you. Yeah. So unstable identity is part of borderline disorder, right? Mm-hmm. And part of unstable identity is unstable sexual orientation, yeah. gender identity, all that stuff. And, I, and I'm not disparaging anybody with these fluidities, but when I was working with borderlines, it was always to give them a stable sense of whatever that is for right. them. I, I'm really worried about this world where they go, well, today you're one thing and tomorrow you're something else. That, that would that would be bad for you. I agree. Um, I don't struggle necessarily, because it's a spectrum, of course. Correct. Um, with necessarily my sexual orientation or my gender, um, it's more of an identity of um, imposter syndrome, not thinking that you're good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my boyfriend who's gotten really educated on borderline and that's how I know I'm really with a good partner Mm. um you know he'll try to remind me sometimes of you're Rachel Wolfson and to me I just don't know what that means sometimes and and to some extent I mean you you sort of strike me as someone that like adolescents get that way a lot I feel like you have some of that stuff is that true yeah for sure uh and you have to be really careful as a borderline because you'd be attracted to sociopaths yeah (laughs) I have definitely been attracted to that in the past and so good for you for now finding a way to be close to somebody who's not that that's good because abandonment is a big issue for huge and rejection right and I work in the most rejecting industry you possibly could work in so I'm curious this is all very I'm sorry if no I'm enjoying I enjoy talking about it because I don't think enough people talk about borderline since it does get a bad it, rap it, it just go it gets in the it gets sort of oh they're borderline oh mm-hmm. you know but the um the one thing i want to say about the dialectical behavioral therapy is that when you get dysregulated the the, the big liability for borderlines is they lose track of other people's emotions yeah. completely 
and and then your projective identification you can see your stuff in other people yeah. and then you start manipulating that and that's that's the liability also the very black and white thinking oh, like yeah. you're either good or you're bad the gray area is very or hard back and forth yeah. all good to all bad yeah. so right now i'm all good she could hit shit on me in a few minutes <laughs> you're good i could Dr. be all Drew. bad in yeah. a few minutes never but it's it feels like your stuff i don't feel any of it it feels like it's all kind of calm down i you know it, it's been very important for me to get a hold of this so i again i'm not perfect i'm not an expert either but um i really value getting this under control do you worry life. that getting it under control will affect your comedy you know i've i've heard that there are people who have borderline and they go and get the help that they need and they don't crave getting on stage or getting external validation like that because they're finally validating themselves yeah i would have been a stand-up either way I, I will tell you that that is a feature of anybody in any kind of, of growth. They, they, when you're in a, this is for everybody, when you're in a any kind of growth situation, you just got to be prepared to become whoever you're supposed to be. And sometimes that isn't somebody who gets on stage and does comedy. That doesn't mean that's going to happen. <laughs> that just means yeah. you need that to allow that to happen. And by the way, you'll be okay with it if that's what you grow into. Right. But you don't have to lose track of any of your skill. No, no yeah. way. In fact, I would argue that you might be able to kind of be a ninja with some of this stuff because you're you're probably pretty good at picking other people's emotions and stuff. You know, borderlines are very good at that stuff. And so you could like still use that. You'll always have that. Of course. You can use that with your audience work. And art is very therapeutic mm. for me. And um, it is an art and getting up on stage and making people laugh. It's almost like it can turn my bad day around. So as soon as I hear the first laugh, there's a release that happens inside Oh, me. interesting. So, That's very interesting. Yeah. And then how'd you get involved with the Jackass guys? Um. Johnny Knoxville just hit me up on Instagram one day. I, he had been following me for a while after. Did you shit on him too in the DM? <laughs> <laughs> no, I almost couldn't believe it was real at first. Mm. And uh, I think he followed me after one of my jokes um, went viral. And he noticed that I have a lot of jackass style humor. And he thought I would be a good fit to join the family. He's, he's very astute. Yeah. That boy created this whole thing. People yeah. don't appreciate that. How's he doing? Is he okay? Last time I saw him, he'd just been kicked in the head by a bull. He He's scared the hell okay. out of me. He's doing okay. He's hanging in there. Good. Yeah. And you said before the mics heated up, I was talking about how quickly your your career has gone, gone along. And you said, oh, now I'm in the most painful part. What do you mean by that? Well, I think um, it's all relative. I am seven years in and I got thrown into headlining, which is, mm. I'm very grateful for the opportunities. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but someone seven years in, very rarely are they headlining and I just um I'm out there I'm I feel like underdeveloped and I'm and this, not this ladies and gentlemen is the imposter <laughs> there, here it is in full full well, bloom I want to give but, but them... there's a reality piece you have to hone yeah. your skill you right know? and so I want to I'm a I put a lot of pressure on myself and that comes from yeah. um, my parents are very successful and so I, of course. I just, you're from Vegas. Yes. Born and raised. And, but all this stuff, the early, you know, ADD and the dysregulation stuff suggests trauma. Was it just, yeah. a, was it just abandonment? Cause your parents were workaholics. Yeah, that's, um, that's mainly what it is. And I had a lot of babysitters, so I was, um, being tossed around to different, I would get close to adults and then they would leave. Do anything to you? Not that I know, nothing like physical, but mm. there was some neglect. And, um, you know, I, I had a very particular bad babysitter who would just send us to our room without food and leave us there. And, um, you know, it, it was, that was pretty traumatizing. And her reactions were very 
intense. She used to paint these little porcelain masks. And I remember one day she gave me one to paint, but I didn't do it properly. And I was very young and she smashed it on the ground, like right in front of me. So it's things like that, that stay with you as a kid. Yeah. yeah. So, Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, you're getting better now. Yeah. You've turned it into this very creative outlet. And, And you know what? My parents, as much as I've grown, they've grown up with me. Mm. And our relationship is so much better now that we're adults and can, can kind of process what we all went through. Um, what so, did yeah. they do that took you away? Took them away from you? Um, my parents, uh, well, my parents were lawyers. They were mm. criminal defense attorneys. Yeah, I was going to say, it had to be doctors, lawyers. And so, then because it's just, it's just in our DNA. They became it. politicians. Oh, so, <laughs> oh, yeah. Worse yet. Mm. Oh, this must be great for their political career. Yeah. Having you out there on jackass. And oh, stuff. yeah. <laughs> it's definitely helped. No, they're, they're very proud of me. So, Good. Yeah. And just before we go to calls, uh, I was talking about my friend Steve O, who, um, Oh, by the way, we're 4K now, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Any wanted me to point that 4K. out. We're 4K. 4K. I forgot to put that out. I made a note of that. Thank you, gentlemen in the booth, for uh, <laughs> for laughing along. You got it. Um, uh, but, and by the way, in the booth, can we cut to the booth? Yeah, there you guys are. So uh, in uh, next to, uh, in the back there is Tanner now, right? Is Tanner in that seat? Yeah, Tanner's the new Zolo. You guys are going to destroy this young man, right? He's he's gonna you're gonna just like you did Zolo. You're gonna just uh, ruin another life and me. You did you did it to me too. So why not <laughs> get another young male in there? No, Tanner's just he's a super lucky intern, and he's actually kind of already ruined. He came in ruined, <laughs> pre ruined, pre ruined. Yeah. Yep. Good. What what ruined him? Pray tell. Just. Just living life. We'll life. get to, we'll get to know. Where are you from, Tanner? San Clemente, California. Oh, uh, <laughs> where uh, Chad goes deep. Do you know those guys? I love oh, those yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. So Chad, his, mm-hmm. his dad, I think, lives down there. His mom lives down there, so he's down there a lot. And uh, I was actually in their Netflix series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's I, great. And I, I've been a fan of. The, I've discovered those guys early. Well, oh, wow. actually, I think Stern got them going yeah. first, and I ran right after them. After They're that, so funny. And uh, they are brilliant in ways that people. They're so brilliant, you don't know how brilliant right. they are. Right. That's that's the real deal. Yeah. Right? And uh, they're the guys, just who you don't know, go to just the Instagram of Chad Goes Deep, and I think he's on Twitter as that too. And he, uh, these are the guys get up in the city councils all over the country and uh, talk yeah. about raging and yeah. uh, doing fight, fight for their right to party yeah. kind of things. Tan- tanning their taints. Yes. And, uh, they, they, Very they, important yeah. things <laughs> but for your mental health, of course. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So, uh, so Tanner, I'm sorry about uh, San Clemente and. Uh, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> did you did you uh, did you go to college at all? Are you still college age now? Or what's um, I went to Boise State for a bit. What a weird thing from San Clemente. Yeah, it didn't turn out too well. So what happened? Uh, became a DJ, party too much. Oh, I, I'm no. smelling substances. I'm smelling a couple substances yeah. here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I went to welding school. Welding school. Yeah. God, odd. This morning I just saw a giant billboard that said, "Become a welder, sixty thousand dollars a year." I'm like, wow, man, if you could get like two jobs as a welder that'd be an incredible career right. <laughs> <laughs> so welding school do you still do that uh no, no no i uh i like my body i want to be able to move when i'm 50 oh you have to kind yeah. of crouch into corners and stuff mm-hmm. and fall off beams yeah nice <laughs> all right well welcome nevertheless uh if uh, you know i don't know where you know where you are in all your mental health things but i'm not sure this is going to be good for you but that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> and he's already planning. Well, no, I won't. Uh, here we go. We'll see what happens. Um, 
Last thing, uh, my buddy Steve, uh, I was going to tell you, and you were you were saying how you admire him, which yeah. I, which you should. He's he's a really his recovery is brilliant. I would call it. Yeah, and it's what we call a full recovery, like complete recovery. And um, he, you know, back I went, you know, I used to bug him when he was really bad in his illness, and I, you know, and he'd always say to me, he'd go, you know, get the fuck out of here, or shut up. And he goes, when when I decide it's time to get well. I will go all the way. You don't have to worry about it. I'm like, in the meantime, he was like planning to kill himself. And yeah. I don't know if you know his whole crate. They really got bad. It got, yeah. The nitrous really took him down uh, into a into a manic place where he was going to ride a motorcycle off a building. And we were mm-hmm. all like, holy shit. And actually, I, I called, jo- Johnny called me. He goes, what are we going to do? I go, well, you've tied this dude up a million times. Do it now. Yeah. Throw him in the car. Take him to the hospital. No, I, And I've given that advice a million times. He did it and yeah. saved his life. And he's now an inspiration to other people who want to get sober. And or deal with any mental health right. issue. And, and But he did exactly what he said he would do. From the day he walked through the door, he just dedicated himself. And there wasn't a straight line to success in terms of his, where his recovery went. But he did. He was as good as his word. It was he time went to get ba- well. Balls to the wall. It balls to the wall. Just committed and yeah. and, now, and now when he does the jackass stunts i actually get a little upset because mm. i can see he's has feelings about it now right i can see the fear he didn't used to have fear he was loaded and so i get upset on his behalf so well anyway congratulations on all Thank this you. and any questions for you before we get going here any questions from, for you you know for me from you or um, comments or anything you want to get into before i well i will go say, to other people's stuff i will say um Dr. Drew, I when I was 17, mm. I was um, I got sent to a therapeutic boarding school in mm. Provo, Utah, mm. and we were only given AM FM radios to listen to. So at night, um, love line. Uh, yep. Mm. Did it help? I mean, it was entertaining. It brought me out of the situation that I was in, and um, it was just my exposure to uh, real life people that I wasn't getting because they really censored what kind of information. Oh, really? Yeah. You probably also felt like no one else has this. It's only me. And this. It, I can see that actually hurts you to even think well, about that. Well, yeah, but it was, you know, it was, you were such a good outlet for me. So I, I, I fell asleep to you guys pretty good. much every night. Who, for who was the co-host then? Um, Adam Carolla. It was Adam. Then, yeah. So. Uh, I have mixed feelings about those schools, you know, yeah. uh, particularly the ones around Provost. I mean, sometimes they save people's lives. Sometimes they make things worse. Yeah. What was it for you? I don't regret it. It made me who I am, but I think you're right. Every person um, has a different experience. It, it always worries me when abandonment is a core issue exactly. sending kids to these places because they lean into that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it doesn't necessarily make things better. All right, here we go. Uh, Drew and Booth Boys, it's for you guys too. I had a hydrocelectomy. Do you know what a hydrocele is? No. Is it an it, animal? No, it's a uh, big cyst in your testicle. Should oh. you have testicles? Yeah, no. Uh, over a cup and a half of fluid drained from my right ball. Maybe next time we do one of those medical examinations thing, we had to find somebody <laughs> with a hydrocele. I got a nice big one. Uh, I went from a normal size. Uh, I went from a normal size to a lemon sized overnight. Uh, it was explained to me that hydrocele's occurred due to traumatic injury. Mm, yeah, infection. Neither of those happened to me. Yeah, they just sometimes happen. Any insight why this occurred rapidly in any way to mitigate the chance of a recurrence? Oof. I assume, oh, they just drained it. The mitigate the recurrence, they will remove them surgically. Uh, I'm not sure I would do that. 
And as you see, if you recur, it just you go, you know, you just take the drain. That's all. I know that sounds gruesome. It's important. Ah, there's to have a nice visuals. big hydro seal yeah. there. Look at that one right in the middle with the with the surgical. Yeah, that. Look one. at all the goo that's coming out of it. Uh, over there, yeah. So let's let's. <laughs> this is not going to make it to YouTube, is it? But let's <laughs> let's enlarge that just so uh, Rachel can appreciate what we men go through. I Which wasn't one? hungry before, but <laughs> now I am. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's usually pretty thin fluid. I mean, it can be it can be more viscous and can actually be semen. It can be a spermatocele. It can be blood. It can be a varicocele, and hydrocele is the most common stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, this stuff doesn't scare me anymore. I, anymore? Well, I mean, I like the first day of set on Jackass. I saw all kinds of liquids come out of different holes <laughs> of their bodies. So this is just can you, can you go a little a deeper? A cakewalk. Oh, yeah. there was um uh. Dave England like mm -hmm. had like diarrhea coming out of his butthole, like poopies had poopies. His name is poopies. Um, had poopies coming out to uh, all kinds of stuff. So, so Rachel did us the great good service of pronouncing butthole yes. the way women always pronounce butthole. Hard T's. Not hard T's. Oh no, but but butthole. Butthole. This H instead of T. Soft T. Soft T. Like an H. Yeah. It's a butthole. Yeah. U H. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Uh, but poopies, I actually know poopies. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, and I did his podcast, and or I guess it's was it a YouTube thing? Because I felt like there were cameras yes. there uh, out in Glendale, if I remember. Mm -hmm. right. Have you done it there? I have done his yeah. podcast, and he was sober last time I talked to he him. He was not when I was no, on my not podcast. so much, not so much anymore. He was struggling, man. And he's sober now, and he has a lovely girlfriend. And I'm yeah, also she was very part of the sobriety. Proud yeah. of him, yes. Yeah, you know he's and he is the. He's like so many of these guys in, in that troop. I don't know if you agree with me on this, but such a sensitive yeah. soul. Mm -hmm. I mean, when, once you you know strip past the jackass, right? That dude, I could feel it when I was all of with them, him. even Zach I, ass, big heart, you know. So, yeah, all it, of it's them. true. A big heart's a great way to describe, yeah, these big, guys. yeah, yeah big that's heart. exactly right. All right, so let's uh, let's get into some of our calls here, too. We got a lot of stuff. Oh, well. Let's, we've started with some testicle calls. Although the rest of you have more serious calls. I will get to, I promise. Uh, but this just happened to be the topic. Adam from Oklahoma. Here we go. Hmm, interesting. Hey, Dr. Drew. Hey, Adam, what's going on? Have hey, so this happened a few months ago. I I had a, uh, like, what looked like a, either a boil or a lymph node on my inner thigh. And so, and it was right up by my ball. So I thought uh, I'd, I'd try just uh, not jerking off for a few days uh, so I wouldn't spread it. I wasn't sure what it was. Uh, and then the next day, I had a painful uh, lump in my balls. It felt like a little, like a hard third testicle. And uh, uh, and it felt like blue balls. So uh -huh. I waited again for another day, and the pain pretty much spread up to uh, oh, my like lower abdomen. Uh -oh. And uh, so eventually, I had the idea to just jerk off, and uh, I did. <laughs> Sol and solves every away. problem, gentlemen, doesn't and, it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had the idea to right. just and uh, this is about male brains. They're extraordinary. See, women, uh, whenever yeah. something goes wrong, our last instinct is to masturbate. <laughs> yeah, no, the, you guys do these inventories yeah. and what have I done and how did I do this and how did I get here? Men are like, I'm gonna just I... masturbate my my problem out of. Well, me. no, it's it's not even that they go that far. It's just like maybe if I do it, things right. will be better. Because right. that's been their experience their whole life, of right? Course. It makes everything better. So what happened? Uh, well, it was a much more powerful load than usual, oh, and wow. uh, huh. the pain did go away, and uh, it never came back. And then the boil thing 
Um, you know, that went away a few days later. So, wow. so um, I'm, not, I'm not sure what any of that was. Or Boy, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of possibilities here. Some scary, some not. Um, had you had any new sexual contacts or anything uh, around that time, like within the two, three weeks before that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and was the yeah. boil itself painful? No. Yeah. Um I don't I don't think it was. That's actually worse. Um yeah, because uh I mean you do need to see a urologist and a doctor. Let me just say that. And now I'm going to I'm going to kind of scroll through the possibilities here and just generally speaking, unfortunately because I can't see what you're describing, I'm just sort of discussing the range of possibilities. And as a doctor, we always go from the scariest things to the least scary things. This right? is worse than WebMD. <laughs> it, it is worse than WebMD. But I, but the fact that he's well and okay and all, and if you had any, this is going to sound all bizarre to everybody, but have you had rash, any rashes since this all cleared up? No, nothing, nothing. Okay. Is, uh, so let's, so let me scroll through the, the scary stuff and the fact that you're better is all a good sign. And, but I still would say you need to see a urologist because that this did happen. It's sort of odd. So first and foremost, a painless ulcer near the genitals is syphilis until proven otherwise. Uh, and it's a, the painful ulcers go away and that's when syphilis really becomes more dangerous actually. Wow. Um, so you got to just kind of get that checked, you know, just, I'm just saying, Secondly, there are other STDs that cause ulcers in that area, some called lymphogranuloma venereum and chancroid. Very unusual, but unlikely to be there, but also somebody should check for that. Now, the fact that this, let's say it was just a ingrown hair or something that got infected, actually was a boil. And the fact that it extended down into your testy and got, it sounds like it got into the epididymis or maybe even back into the seminal vesicles, you can get cellulitis in those areas just like any other part of your body. And so, it could have actually been a bacterial infection in that area. You're right. <laughs> Masturbating does help the lymphatics in the area. It does help clear immune you know, infections and things. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, and whether or not you know, the painful lump, I worry, is your epididymis. And usually that requires some more antibiotics after the fact to kind of clear it all up. In, and it could have been other things, you know, to cause epididymitis. It could have been like, you know, there could have been maybe the boil and the epididymitis. It can, chlamydia can do this. And so it's all stuff that needs to get kind of checked out. The fact that you're better is all a great sign. So so there's my scary romp through STDs. What are you thinking, Rachel? She's holding I'm on. I'm just taking it all in. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so the bottom line is, my, my question always is, Adam, why didn't you see somebody when this was all going on? Because we could have told. It's easier to know uh, diagnostically, you know, what we're dealing with then. Yeah, well, I, it didn't. I, I mean, I, I hadn't really thought about syphilis, but it didn't look like any STD I know. So I just figured. Uh, <laughs> no, that, yeah, that was that away, wasn't so the question. I, I was that wasn't the question. The question <laughs> is, I, you had painful swelling and infection in your testicles. Why not go see a doctor? I think that's For, the difference between men and women. Again. Women, I feel like any sign of something, I'm like, I need to go to a doctor. But men are like, I'm just going to leave it up to the Lord, you know? Up to the Lord indeed. But but <laughs> but we literally, we literally, I, I, all men do this, including smart men or, or men that should know better. Let's put it that way. All do this, which is, uh, well, if it's going to kill me, I'm going to find out soon enough. So let's let this, <laughs> um, let's see where this goes. And if it's going to get better, which I'm in my head, my denial, I'm assuming yeah. it's going to just get better. I don't even really want to deal with right. it. So let's let's move on. And uh, yeah, that's a male thing. So Adam, thank you for the call. Go see somebody. It's very important. Um, 
Let's quickly, we're going to go back into the mental health part of this. This is Nick, who's down here in Texas with us. Hey, Nick, what's going on? Not much, Dr. Drew. How are you today? We are good, sir. What's happening? So um, I am here in Houston, and I am in desperate need and trying to find a like a family therapist that specializes in possibly, you know, uh, boys, teenage boys. Um, my wife and I have done a few, uh, sessions, but they're always, uh, they're always, um, very high in price. Mm. And the first thing these therapists want to push is medicine to my kids mm. where I want more of like a coping mechanism. What, what is going on with your child? Um, well, I see a lot of his, uh, no, 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 no. I don't want your interpretation. I just want the facts. Okay. Um, he hides food. Okay. Um, how old is he? He's overweight. He, uh, how old is he? 13. Oof. And is he doing okay in school? For the most part. Yeah. Uh, for the most part. What does that mean? Sorry, um, A's and B's, uh, A's and B's, and a few C's every now and again. But passing classes, yes. No recent drop in grades, anything like that you've noticed? No, sir. Hiding food, strange eating habits. What else? Um, depression. A lot of uh, a lot of back talk. A lot of um, um, just. It's hard to say. A lot of just, I'm seeing a lot of things in him that I, I I don't like in the fact of like the back talk, the hiding food, um, and you know depression a little you know, depression, and then you know when he's high everything's great. When he's low, it's, he affects the entire family. Mm. And does he have any? Is he on any medication presently? No, he's not. And have you found any drug paraphernalia? Uh, no, sir. Are you worried about that? No. Okay. What do you think, Rachel? I mean, I hide food, but I'm a stoner, so <laughs> like that's just no. I, um, you know, for me, I I went through a lot of mental health issues as a kid, and mostly what I really needed was just an adult in the room who could listen to me without judgment. Um, and I felt like I didn't really have access to that unless it was a therapist. Mm. So, um, for me having an adult, mainly my parents who made me feel safe, that was something that I didn't have. I had judgment. Mm. So, um, you know, if, if you can imagine it's hard when you have a 13 year old though, and their behavior is out of control and they of have course. no insight into their behavior and you're trying to contain the behavior. Yeah. yeah. And it's, there's particularly the acting out, the irritability and the right. ragefulness and the things that happens to adolescents when they get depressed. Right? So I was put on medication, so I can definitely relate to not wanting to do that. Mm. But again, that's why talk therapy is so important. Mm -hmm. And I think if I had those skills at a younger age, that maybe some of those behaviors would have been eradicated. So what, you came to us, Nick, asking for family therapy. Why not somebody for the child? 
because I, I know there's things personally that I, you know, I could, uh, be, need to deal with. My wife has issues and actually her dad just passed away. Um, and I have another child uh, that's a, a boy and a few years older. He seems to be showing a lot of anxiety. Um, and we just, we just don't know where to start. I, I would start to, to remedy these situations. All right. Does the 13 year old have a, a pediatrician? Yes, but she just passed away, so we're oh, no. trying to we're we're in the process of finding another All right. one. Find another pediatrician, get a referral from that pediatrician for the child for assessment and treatment. Specify that you're looking for low cost services. You live in Houston, it says here. There's a lot of stuff down there. Menningers is down there. There's there should be a way to find relatively reasonably priced particularly for an adolescent uh, services down there. I don't know what your insurance resources are and stuff, but it, it should not be that big a deal to find somebody. The, the, actually, the bigger problem is getting in. Everybody's too busy. There aren't enough people to meet the demands right now. COVID destroyed 8- to 15-year-olds, and your son is right in there in that zone where what we did to them is unconscionable. Also, you know, food for me could be a comfort thing sometimes. Mm-hmm, of course. And, um, you know, as someone who struggled with low self-esteem, sometimes food can be an outlet for comfort. It, well, back to your notion of dysregulation. Yeah. It's a way to try to regulate, right? Mm-hmm. And if you already have low self-esteem and you're regulating with yummy foods and you gain weight, now you now has your self-esteem, right? right? And so it, it's a, it's a bad cycle. But but I can't. We can't just say, oh, he's got an eating disorder. No, we can't say that. No. We, he, we can say he's he's suffering. He's struggling. It's affecting the entire family. I get that. But start with the child, then get the family involved, and that 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 the person who's responsible for the thirteen-year-old tell you some ideas about what you guys need and how to get that. Okay. Okay. So we have done some some sessions before, and myself and my wife will go in with our son and talk to a therapist, and the therapist goes, "Well, tell us what your concerns are," and then we're basically spending fifty minutes in front of our child telling the therapist everything that's wrong with him. Right. And I, 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 I really don't think that's a good thing for the child. I, I also, I agree. Uh, and it's why I'm saying start with the child and not with the family system. Family system is part of the patient, right? It, when, you know, when you, when you, when a child, when a baby comes in, it's the mother child, that's your patient. As you hit adolescence, it's the child and the family and then the child family unit. Those things have to be kind of each evaluated. Uh, but first, you st- I just believe strongly just start with the child so you can see what you're dealing with. We don't even know what this is yet. Does he have like a group of friends at school or play sports or anything? He does. He does, and he plays sports, but he has, he'll have a couple close friends for four, six months, and then it, they're just not friends anymore, and then he'll find another few group, which... Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's a strange thing or not. Uh, I know in school, it, depending on who you're in class with, is who you're friends with most of the time. We, you know, we're we're going to be wildly speculating about what's going on with him now. He needs proper care. He needs good evaluation. He needs a little team that watches out for him. And the pediatrician is actually the one responsible to build that. So start with the pediatrician. <clears throat> Thanks, Dick. Uh, let's see, from the sublime to the ridiculous, let's see what else is going on here. Milk strength. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I wake up uh, with strange bruises. They show up all over my body. My PCP doesn't find it odd. My chart says bruises easily, even though these appear out of nowhere. Is this something I should be concerned about? Uh, yeah, those are really substantial bruises. Look at these things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so uh, you absolutely should have, I mean, I don't understand why they wouldn't run to do a proper workup on you. So you need a blood count. You need clotting profiles. You need. You may need more specific kinds of deeper evaluation of your blood clotting system and your platelet functioning. I don't know if you're on any medication that could do this, but that's a very common thing. But these are not normal. These are these are big bruises. I don't know if you can see that that, that purple patch, that's not a that's not a tattoo. That's his bruise. I saw a bruise like that on Danger Aaron's like groin area. So <laughs> is that after being kicked in the nuts? But that was or? yeah after like yeah. blunt force trauma. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and if you wake up with it, uh, that's a weird thing too, because that means it's not caused by trauma, as you're as you're saying, and that means it's spontaneous bruising, and that is more serious. There's a there's an old syndrome called the painful bruise syndrome, Gardner Diamond syndrome, with oh, wow. unexplained nighttime bruising. People wake up with these bruises, and actually, the actual Gardner Diamond syndrome is is if I remember my syndromes correctly. The one of the theories about it was that people were doing it to themselves during the night oh, without wow. knowing it. Isn't that wild? Uh, all right, let's uh, let's see a video. Come on, now. let's let's keep going here. Let's uh, it's a jackass kind of afternoon. And by the way, you can um, I'm looking at your Instagram. It's at Rachel Wolfson W O L O. That says O F L O L F S O N. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's they'll fix it. That's right. I just want to make sure I'm getting all <laughs> your plugs out there. What do you got, video wise, gentlemen? Uh, they're pointing at all the veins. Is that what they're looking at? And, yeah. And mm. also, they seem to have like laxity of their skin, don't they? You notice how the skin is sort of super elastic. Why is this person turning into the Hulk? <laughs> it's what it looks like, right? My goodness. So uh, yeah, you're right. We could be seeing somebody who just takes a lot of steroids. Yeah. But what's with the laxity? Ooh, pointing at the veins. Okay. And I'm assuming they're sitting in that position because it's it's blocking the venous return, so it's making it worse. You know what I mean? Like you're sort of putting a little pressure on that area. What do you think? You look disgusted. The by Venus it. return, Mercury's in retrograde. Is that <laughs> no, why? No, no, no. Blood, blood oh, goes the, back towards the oh, heart on the it. vein, Venus, and uh, he's right. blocking that. No, <laughs> I wasn't an astrologer. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> Her, their horoscope is... is uh, and there was actually a look of disgust on Rachel's face. <laughs> like, yeah. really, you too? <laughs> it kind of looks like a, a hot dog. Again, I'm hungry. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. <laughs> so uh, excessive vascularity, uh, not necessarily anything. I, that would bother me more. Go Play the video again, because what bothered me more was you notice the extreme uh, extensile... I don't know why he's... Oh, I see. It's just showing you the vein. But there's there. it's weird the way he's... Could be an older person. Anyway, uh, Ehlers-Danlos, everybody, watch out for that too. You can, if your skin is like, if you can really pull your skin up like a tent, uh, Ehlers-Danlos, there's various syndromes of that. And if you're having a lot of joint complaints, that sort of thing too. Is there something weird about his legs? Don't they seem big? Yeah. So I'm, I worry just steroids. Could always be that. It's always leg day with him. There, yeah, exactly. Thank <laughs> you. All right, next one. Uh-oh. Sir, will you please stop staring at me? Where's the rest of you? Uh-oh. One is bigger than the other. Is that what she's talking about? Is is it is and that's a And that's common, right? Oh, very common. Yeah. So, let's 
Oh, yeah. And so one bigger directionally, there can be different directions of yeah. the nipples and things. It's actually kind of unusual to be perfectly symmetrical. Yeah. Yeah. So so where's the rest? Oh, yeah. Whenever a new man sees my chest deformity, oh, where's the rest? Oh, that's sad. Uh, well, it's sad that men treat her like that. Yeah. But that, by the way, is easily treated with some plastic surgery. I just can't imagine a man even complaining about that. One's bigger than the other. Isn't that your dream? Like multiple <laughs> size, multiple. I don't know. Men, come on. So, so you know, you know what it is. It, you know, you, you want the key? What is this? <laughs> Rachel's like, what? What is it? <laughs> is that men don't know this? But they it, research shows they are naturally looking for um, symmetry. Symmetry, yeah. and you know whose face is like the most symmetrical? I believe. Yeah, Shania Twain. Oh, I think they did um, a study of uh-huh. women who have perfect symmetry, and I think she has a very symmetrical yeah. face. You're very symmetrical. Oh, right? thank yes, you. Sir. And <laughs> something's right. <laughs> uh, well, that's interesting. They well, there's like a whole website. Of people who have symmetrical faces, and I think she was one of the examples. How Maybe do you not know that? that? Why do you know that? Go ahead, tell me why. Why do I know yes. that? Oh, you know, BuzzFeed just pops up. Sent different you down things. A, sent you like down a rabbit top, hole. Top ten most symmetrical looking faces. Well, let's. Oh, I see. You can Maybe see. Maybe like down on yeah, the right yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I see Maybe that. not now because you know gravity sets in yes, and the it symmetry. Does. And by the way, God knows she may have injectables that of course. undo the symmetry. So, but yeah, see, look at had... like her. Look at that one in the middle on the bottom. The, the yeah. Her eyebrows a little lower on one side, maybe. Yeah, but that's, and that's time. That's, no, no, that's injectables. Oh, <laughs> that's oh injectables. yeah. And uh, that—that's what the—that's why plastic surgeons do that because you can really easily get that off, and they're used to looking at tiny, tiny changes. I mean, how could you say she's not beautiful? No, of course. I—I I don't know that I could have picked her out of a lineup, though. It's weird. I thought I knew who Shania Twain was. Ooh, that's a nice picture in there. But let's go for the. <laughs> <laughs> let's go for the. Uh, uh, let's look at the symmetrical people website. I want to see yeah, what that's all about. Symmetrical faces. Symmetrical. Is it only faces, or do they? I think go, it. Yeah, I think it's. And then there's celebrities that. Yeah, it'll it'll oh, the tell Beyonce, you. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. That's ooh, my I, I no no no. But we'll look up most symmetrical faces. Let's see what we get. Well, that's interesting. Celebs. Okay, slabs with most. <laughs> yes, that's okay. what I'm talking about. Okay, interesting. Huh. Sir, I would not think that. You wouldn't put Tom Hanks in there? I mean, I guess it makes sense. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I could see that. But it's interesting to me that I guess it's... Oh, yeah, Robert Downey. That that makes sense. Um but I guess it's why people like looking at them, right? Our eyes the just stay with it. Great symmetry. Yeah, he's very symmetrical. Uh, oh, oh wow, mm, Kim Kardashian. Mm. But she sense. probably builds that. Right. You know what I mean? That but, was lab made, not <laughs> yeah, not natural. All right, we've seen enough. Meghan Markle's in there. Interesting. No, uh, no, Shania Twain. Maybe I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Taylor Swift. We got Swifties. Oh yeah, look at that. You don't you don't think about it that way, right? Until you, until somebody points it out to you. Yeah. Okay, let's take a quick uh, call here. This is a this is a health and fitness question. Vinny, what's up? 
Hey, Dr. Hitler, how are you? Yo, man, what's happening? It's a greeting. It's an inside it's joke. Just inside, inside. <laughs> it's a your mom's house joke. I may have, we have, may have to play that video for her, too. Go ahead. All right. I lost over 300 pounds these past two years, and wow. I've been on and off creatine depending on my gym activity. Good for you. Um, I had the gastric sleeve. Um, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. I was over 600 pounds. So, oh my goodness. Uh, big accomplishment. Not trying to flex on YMH or anything, but... Um, <laughs> not trying to flex at so all. January, I needed inguinal hernia. No, no. <laughs> yeah, not in front of Rachel either. Um, <laughs> January, I needed inguinal hernia repair, so I stopped taking creatine. Yeah. Uh, now I'm feeling much better, more active. I bought an e-bike, so I'm back on the creatine again. I feel super mentally clear. Um, I, I'm able to push to get more activity in. Um, you know, I did my reading and research on my own. Uh, I was just wondering if there were any negative side effects. And also, I do keto, and given my, you know, recent weight loss, is there a recommended diet for me, or um, that's all I got for you? Okay. Uh, all right. We're going to talk about you while you're not here. So, uh, recommended diet, I, I don't want to get into because there's, you're obviously, you, you have medically managed issues pertinent to weight. You've had the sleeve. You've been successful. You've been doing keto. It's working for you. Is there, I always say, is there a best diet? To me, if you need to lose weight, the best diet is the diet you'll do, right? It's the one that you can manage that you, I, I really believe that eating consciously takes you about 75% of the way there. And, and by consciously, I mean trying to get what's right for your body. You know, my, I have, I, I have a little too much here and there, and, but I don't have to worry about putting on muscle. There's different, everybody has different yeah. concerns. Uh, and uh, as such, you need to find that thing that works for you. And there's various ways of doing that out there. In terms of, I've always wondered if there were health adverse events of creatine. I do notice that people get a little dehydrated. I've worried about renal effects on creatine. They don't seem to be significant. They do. It does enhance the performance. And there is some evidence that creatine has other health benefits on your your sort of brain function and other things as well. I used to take it on a daily basis as a pill. Is it natural? Actually creatine monohydrate is it natural i mean somebody's manufacturing okay. it, let's be fair uh how could you get that from a food i don't think you could for okay. that in those kinds of concentrations are you mostly interested in what's what you get naturally yeah i mm. think that's the best reasonable. approach for me personally do you, do you do any kind of special diet or anything um i try to eat high protein yeah me too and you know not so many carbs at night although i did have a slice and a half of pizza last night and i i did somewhat feel guilty about it but to me i work i working out is very important for me yeah. i literally work out just so i can you know eat a little bit more of what i want i don't know if that's the healthiest way but i i um i'm happy with my body i tell you what i recently that's that's probably yeah. a change for you that because it borderline is. doesn't usually go no there. it yeah, is and, it, and it's taken exercise and yeah. valuing exercise and more cardio to really you know get to where i i feel good i've recently added something into my workout that i never used to do i used to do i used to run by the river here because i love yeah. it it's just pretty but i would be really run down after it was too mm. much for my system and I added hit cardio in, and yeah. oh my god, it's been great. Yeah, I never did that before. I work out with a trainer; he's part of uh, my support system, but nice. um, he he hasn't been here in Austin for a while, so I've had to do it on my own. And I'm very proud of me for sticking with my workout. Good for so, you. Yeah. Here's a this, we're getting a lot of sort of fitness stuff here. For uh, this is from uh, a weight loss question. For the past three months, I've been working hard to drop some weight by doing intermittent fasting, increased physical exercise, mostly walking or swimming. I've noticed two changes. One, my joints feel hyperflexible to the point of being almost unstable. I don't know what he means by that. 
or she, uh, <laughs> do I need to be strengthening muscles to support the joints? Two, I'm suddenly dealing with acid reflux. I woke up choking on vomit a few days ago, and this morning I had to throw up and brushing my teeth. Uh, wh- what could I try? Wow. Um, I struggle with that too. Reflux? Acid reflux. Yeah. Me too. But I, I'm not willing to give up the foods. Like that, the that hot sauce, it. the coffee, the tomato-based yeah. things. Well, so let's talk about it. There's a lot of things you can do. Uh, carbo- carbo- um, um, carbonated beverages are, uh-huh. are a major problem. So if you, yeah. can cut, if you can cut those out, no. Okay. Well, no, <laughs> actually I have cut those. I'm trying to do more water and iced tea. Okay, good yeah. tea. Uh-huh. A little yeah. bit rough, but it's uh, better than the, carbo- the carbonated No, that stuff. does affect your acid reflux. The tea. tea, yeah. I know. Uh, you could take Pepsid every day. Is that bad for you? It really isn't. I mean, I've, I'm not big on medicines every day if you can avoid it. Especially I used to for do you. the Zantac, and then they, Zantac, re, they I've always recalled known that, with, that. I know. I always knew that would be bad. I, it really, that makes me... But it did help for a while. Well, the Pepsid will work actually better. Okay. So, but you need about 40 milligrams a day. Okay. I would not take the Prilosex and that stuff. That's what I was taking too. It's well, that good. will work. That will work. Uh, it's much more powerful, but... The long-term effects from that not good. Do you take Pepsid in the morning or at night? I take it in the morning. Okay. Okay. Then keep the bed of your bed head of your bed elevated. Don't I have eat a late bed at night. Frame. Yep. Don't eat late at night. <laughs> uh, there are certain foods you can avoid. She's just mentioned a lot of them. Uh, if you can. Um, if when you, you get older, dropping acid is a different meaning. Yeah, different meaning. Different <laughs> meaning. Uh, uh, she. This. I'm warning of Tara is significantly overweight because if you have a lot of weight here, that it's just a. Mm. It's just a you know, a pressure phenomenon, right? It moves yeah. the acid up when you lie down. And then in terms of the joints, yes, of course, I, weight training is so important. Resistance training is so important. Uh, I was talking to Peter Atia a couple of months ago. I think I mentioned it before. And he has a book called Outlive, one of the best books on longevity there is out there. And I was sort of bugging him about, can you do it for me? Can you do this? Can you do that? And he just, he snapped at me. He goes, vigorous exercise, resistance <laughs> training. That's what you do. And I thought, oh my God, he's so right. You just you just need to and you need to maintain it your whole life because as you get older we lose our muscle mass yeah and you have to fight to maintain it and that is one of the most significant markers of longevity as we get on oh, okay. and these are patterns you've got to develop early and if your joints are lax maybe that's the swimming or something swimming can add joint laxity so all right we're gonna do a little call here and one more call this is uh, Nick Nick is in Iowa Nick what's going on hi hey. um, yeah. It's- uh, I was wondering, I have a drastically higher libido than my wife, um, mm. and I was wondering if there's any good way to naturally shift that. For her or you? <laughs> or both? Well, e- either both, way. Both. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, for me, I can, I mean, three to five times a day is pretty easy for me in my mid-30s. How many times? And she's more like one, three to five a day. Oof. You're going to have to, no matter what, you're going to have to take care of yourself yeah. a few yeah. times. Yeah. Look, let's hear from a young lady. Three to I five mean, times I a day. I mean, that's just, I, I I mean, I'm not a man, so I'm not, this is no judgment, but that is, I, I would just be, I'm like tired after one, you know? Yeah. Most women cannot do that. To, no. to, to even keep up with daily. Yeah. Most women would find that sort of unpleasant. I know this might point. be offensive to men, but I'm like happy like once a week. You know, but my boyfriend is the same thing. He has a high, higher libido than mm-hmm. me. And what does he want? What is he? He would be happy with. He, he would. He's. I mean, he's great. So I don't know. He's happy with what he has. But if he could choose, it'd yes. probably be every day. Every day. Yeah. And so it's called mismatched sexual desire. Yeah. Very common. 
it's I, I would say it's sort of unusual to have people perfectly matched. Yeah. Right? It doesn't make sense, right? How could that even happen? Especially when you're younger, it's we're all over the place. And then you get into child rearing, that messes everything up. You you gotta develop some patience and commitment. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to your, your sexual desire. And you gotta take care of yourself a little bit, which I'm sure you're doing already. What what is she good for again? She's closer to like once a week to once every two weeks. Okay, so you you got it. We got to get her up to at least a couple times a week. It would seem like that'd be a reasonable thing, right? As a lady. Well, I I read something recently that um, it was a couple who was struggling with intimacy, and that their ritual is they make out every night before bed. Yeah, but for a male, sometimes that's torture. They don't make out. That can be torture. The making out part. Because that becomes now I'm now the the, the engines on. Uh, well, and we got to yeah. deal with that. Does and, she uh, like making out? Yeah, she's not majorly. I mean, she doesn't <laughs> mind it, but uh, she, it, it definitely she, does drive me crazy. Do, do you need to have intercourse to be okay, or can there be other activities that satisfy? Uh, for me, it's it's fine. Like I'm like it's more like I want a healthier relationship with her over the you know the length of our marriage. We're 13 years in, and I don't want anything to threaten that. Did it used to be more? And Early, early, early on. I mean, right. we have three kids now, so if that, okay. if of course, gets in the way. Okay. So when was the last child born? Uh, just over a year ago. Okay. So look, the first year after childbirth, God doesn't want you to have another kid, and so libido goes down, especially if she's still breastfeeding. So that is part of the deal, and men have to learn to commit to their family and deal with that, take care of themselves. Uh, but how old is she now? Uh, she's 35. Right. So particularly after multiple pregnancies, perimenopause becomes a real thing, right? Not enough is paid. Women are not paid attention to enough when it pertains to that. If she is having any sleep disturbances, mood disturbances, feeling overwhelmed and irritable, that Postpartum depression, I'm sure. Well, but it gets put off as depression all Uh, the time. And sometimes it's actually hormonal. Okay. In fact, a lot of the time. Uh, interesting. And so if she could see someone that really understands how to assess her ovarian function, both in terms of testosterone and estrogen and, of course, progesterone, sometimes some little supplements make a huge difference in how she's feeling and in her libido. It's not her fault. She has, She's dealt with three pregnancies, man. That changes a lot. Can you take that if even if you aren't? Like, can yes, anyone take, yes, like, yeah. if I wanted to take if that? You, if you, if it was medically appropriate, right? right? You, you don't want to take it like a steroid bodybuilder would take it. That That's extra physiological. <laughs> I have, like, all yeah. these, like, sexual, mu- I'm, like, pumped up. <laughs> well, it, 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 women, you know, some women, if, if you hit it right, like, my wife, she'll talk all day about this because she was told she was depressed for years. She had ovarian hyperstimulation and we were a fertility campaign and her mom had early menopause. Nobody asked her these questions and she was told for a decade and a half she was depressed. Never anything helped. And then finally somebody goes, hey, why don't we uh, check your testosterone levels there in the toilet? She got on a replacement. Within two days, she was like furious. Like, <laughs> like I like a part of my, right. I feel like a part of myself was, out. was dead and right. it's now back to life. My mood is perfect. Why didn't somebody do, instead of putting me on all that bullshit, why didn't somebody like deal with my biology? I need and, some testosterone in my life, I think. 
I, more testosterone. I think you're saying that because of your mismatch. With I your just boyfriend. don't want to grow a mustache. <laughs> well, not only that, you'll get a large, more of a mustache. <laughs> no, no, no. You can get a larger clitoris. That's one oh, of the side no, effects. I don't and want you that. can lose some hair in through here oh, too. Oh nope, don't want did that. You, <laughs> did your dad ha- have balding? Nope. Okay, so that's good. So yeah. you would be less likely to have that. Yeah. <laughs> How about your mom's dad? Did he have anything like that? They bo- both of my um, grandparents had have still have hair. Okay, so yeah. good. So you probably wouldn't get that side effect. Okay, good. But but when the time comes, I I strongly recommend women look into that because if yeah. you can, it uh, look we replace thyroid hormone when the thyroid fails. Why wouldn't we replace? I hair? had a thyroid issue. What'd you have? Um, I I was on lithium when I was twelve because ah, when I was diagnosed, one of the big side effects bipolar. is thyroid. Yeah. Um, and it was the one where I I gained a lot of weight. So you were hypothyroid. Yeah, mm. very quickly. You, is it? Do you have to be on thyroid replacement even no, still? You, once no. you get off the lithium. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Nick, those are our thoughts. Uh, but hang in there. It's it's a uh, you know good that you're in for the long term on behalf of your family and uh, sexual desire. Listen, uh, let me just say this on Nick's behalf: not enough is made of people's physical intimacy. I, obviously, we make a lot of it, but in terms of sustaining closeness and and you know people go, oh well, th- that stuff can go away. Don't worry about it. Just as long as you love each other, no, it's the glue. It's important. Yeah. It's and of course, when you get to certain ages, it probably becomes tougher all the time, but. But there's no reason in today's world people cannot keep that kind of closeness well into their 70s, maybe oh, even wow. into their 80s. 70s. Hey, man, That's I'm 65, crazy. dude. Well, sorry, 80s. Am... <laughs> 80s. Let's take it up a notch. I can't imagine. Yeah. Well, but good for, good for, you know, good I, 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 for the good for me. year old. Good for know, me. 65. Good for your future and your wife. I, Dr. I, I don't see any significant change in the next 10 years. Wow. I'd be surprised. Um, and uh, but I I personally for the male too by the way I mean we have you know you got to get that assessed and and I would love to take testosterone but I can't because I, I can't have, imagine the back problems I would have in my 80s like I have back problems now sometimes if I just twist the wrong way yes, or yes. like you know resistance training keep going with the trainer wow. keep going resistance training <laughs> that's the answer to all all human ills uh, all right well listen um, we're sort of drifting towards the end here we're rolling towards the end of our oh, time no. this has been really fun yeah um thank you for having me i, I it's been my privilege and, and i i want to hear a little more before i let you go about what your jackass experience has been like and what i'm sure people always ask you this but i'm i'm no exception you know um i had the best time with those guys and i think it's interesting for me because i didn't know how high of a pain tolerance i have and i think as women uh, we're underestimated with the amount of pain that we can handle. And I noticed that in some sick way, I enjoy the physical pain almost because of how much mental anguish I've gone through. And I, yeah, I, I find it to be of a, a distraction from what's going on with me mentally. I don't know if that's good or bad, Dr. Drew. But well, it's something we don't talk enough about, yeah. frankly, because you it's it's a paradigm shift that, I heard I heard a psychiatrist talk about this once, and uh, he was like, "This is a way of thinking that we don't do, and there might be something to be learned by it." And then no one ever did it. But <laughs> it's essentially the notion that deprivation—think about eating disorders and mm-hmm. deprivation—and physical pain—think about sort of extreme whatever that people do—is is a strategy for regulation. Yeah, if people do it. Yeah, uh, and not everybody has. Uh, some people, you know, get high from it. Mm-hmm. Some people really don't like it and can't tolerate it. But others just sort of do use it yeah. and, and get a little bit sort of gratified by it. I would yeah. say it's a gratification, right? 
And okay. Yeah, I found I found that out, you know, by accident, you know, by working on what, Jackass. What was that? What in particular did they do to you that uh, um, got, well, broke I, through your denial? <laughs> um, I had to lick tasers, and then mm. I got bit in the lip by a scorpion multiple multiple scorpions multiple times. Mm. It's just standard Jackass. You know, stuff. just <laughs> another day at work, and um, you know, there was another stunt that I did. Um, they showed it in the end of the credits and it was kind of an homage to someone else. Um, I think Ryan Dunn did it, um, years ago and it's called face your fears and you're supposed to get on your knees and then roll forward. And if you do it correctly, you're just supposed to roll. But Mm. if you put your chin down, you will hit your chin. So Mm. you're supposed to look up. Mm. And of course I didn't, you you start on your knees, you start on your knees and you fall forward and Zach ass like rolled perfectly because he's got the nice shape for it. But me, I, I, I think I got scared last minute and I, I didn't put my chin up. So I ended up hitting my oh. chin um, and it kind of saved the bit because everyone did it perfectly. Too well. <laughs> and so, yeah, but it, I just I walked it off. Also, you know, playing basketball as a kid, I think. And I broke multiple things. Uh, I think, again, my pain tolerance is is pretty high. I'm wondering, though, as you first arrived on the scene, like some of your first stunts, yeah. how did you gild gird your loins to be able to do it i or, or did you just think did you dissociate because that's um, another borderline trait right i think i did but yeah. i'm also like this is an investment in my future so what's you know kissing a couple scorpions for yeah you know pushing my career along and, and so you just sort of it's this is my job this yeah. is uh, i'm very fortunate to have this opportunity no, this is art this is, <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm not sure the boys think of it that way this but okay. is cinema oh my god so funny well, listen, uh, let's give plug our stuff again. Oh, yeah. Uh, at Rachel Wolfson on Instagram as well as at Wolfie DMs. Send me. And go my into DMs her DMs. Are open. Yes. Uh, go into her DMs um, and uh, be a part of the abuse. I'm, I'm very excited to do my first Wolfie DMs live show. So I'm going to try and, you know, take it live and see um, how that goes. And nice. then I'll be um, at the New York Comedy Festival. I know you're going to be there. Do you know where, what nights, anything like that yet? I believe it's November 5th at 6 p.m. at The Stand. Oh, it's going to be at The Stand. Yeah. Okay, great. And then I have Agua Caliente on the 17th, mm-hmm. so I'll be in Palm Springs. And you have a live show on the de- December 29th. And that's my Wolfie DMs yeah. live show here in town at the um, the Velve. Vel- at the valve so um speaking of the stand you know i've been in there a num- number of times to do the legion of skanks yeah. and then those guys have all been up here very oh yeah kindly. we were i was just at skank fest so were you but i did I, I i we crossed paths we were like ships in the night so so well, how did you experience that i haven't talked to these guys about it oh, yet. yeah I'll, maybe next show yeah it's, but, it was my second skank fest i i love those guys i you know i'm i'm grateful to be exposed to their audience which is you know a, a massive following um but you know, I I found it to be a really great festival. I mean, did you go down and see Ellis Mania too? I, feel like I, I saw, I you saw down there. a little bit of yeah. it, and I know Jason Ellis, and he's great yeah. as well. So yeah, his birthday was just recently. So oh really? Happy birthday! Yeah, I, I will. That. I will. Uh, but did you see? I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you, gentlemen, next show about a Doug Stanhope thing at the Skank Fest that was legendary. I'm not gonna not just telegraphing that. But there was another led or several legendary things that happened there. But uh, did you see the panel with Violent J and Roseanne? No. Uh, oh, was it great? Legendary. Oh, I'm yeah. bummed I missed that. And Jay was tripping on mushrooms, and of course, Roseanne went uh, completely poof in some of the things she was saying. That yeah. uh, I'm surprised it wasn't in the news. See, frankly, you know, when I'm tripping on mushrooms, I want Roseanne to be there. Yeah, yeah, That's she appre- she was very yeah. supportive. <laughs> She's like, those are good. They yeah. might be natural. They might help people. Yeah. 
So funny. All right. Well, listen, thank you for being here. Thank uh, you so much. Pleasure to meet you. Thank and you. I'm sorry we didn't cross paths in Vegas. That, I and, know. and you, that's hometown for yeah, you. Yeah, born and raised. And, and by the way, that part of town was odd. Yeah. It's uh, Fremont Street. So. It, 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 and that, and the, the venue was like an old movie theater, essentially. Yeah. We, they took over the big complex. Yeah. And uh, I, what part of Vegas do you grow up in? Just to make your eyes for it. Summerlin. So the suburbs. Okay, outside. Yeah. Uh, that was my first experience down at the. Um, Notoriety. I, the last time I'd been on Fremont Street, I swear to God, I was in my parents' car driving down Fremont yeah, Street. Yeah, no one really chooses. You end up on Fremont yeah. Street. Uh, so. And But that Circa was a nice hotel. I like that oh, whole yeah. sports thing. I stayed so. at the, the Golden Nugget, ah. which was great, by yeah. the way. Yeah. All right, everybody, thank you to Rachel. We'll see you next time. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.